Uh, we'll be starting a new, uh, oh, Brother Marty, since you're standing up, Eddie's not here, will you get the outlines? It, we'll keep you busy this morning. We'll keep you busy. Lesson 11, should be right back here in the left drawer. Yeah, we did too. Was you here Wednesday night? We finished it then. I didn't want to overload you on that lesson, so I started to change it to a sermon. Y'all wasn't getting it as teaching, so I had to preach it. <laughs> you hear Marty? He said, if you want to get your offering out, when he hands you your outline, he'll go ahead and take the offering. Yeah, right, you had to pay for the outline. So now if you give him so much money, he, ain't, he can't hold it all, that'd be all right. That'd be all right. If he has to come and get a plate, that'd be okay. Yes, money's going for Botswana. I sent the pledge in, and uh, so told him we was, they were going to be getting it. We'll continue giving that, and... Be praying about what you're going to give. If you hadn't give and continue giving. And then be praying about uh, what what we're going to give the money to next time when we get this get this done. I told them it might be four to six weeks, something like that, before we get it all, before we send it to them. But lesson 11, grace for every need. And certainly uh, we need that. We know about God's grace if you're saved. You have to know about God's grace because that's the only way you're saved. Uh, it's because that He loved you so much that He died and gave His son, He gave His Son for you, and He died, was buried, and rose again. But Second Corinthians chapter twelve, verse seven through ten. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations, there was given now. What do you give? What do you give? Easy. You give a... So easy you can't say it. Gift. Right? So Paul could have said that God give me the gift of a thorn in the flesh. He says there was given to me a thorn in the flesh the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. So we need to understand the word buffet right there, and it's not a long, rectangular piece of furniture that you put stuff in, okay, that you keep in your dining room. It is a blow with the fist. It is a box on the ear or a slap to the face. Now, you just imagine that being punched or basically to be slapped on the ear. That would get your attention. This thorn was always with Paul. Like being in a boxing match and the next blow's coming, but you don't know when. If you knew when, the next guy was going to throw the punch, he'd miss you every time. But you don't know when he's going to throw that punch. At times, Paul was probably incapacitated with this thorn in the flesh. 
Now imagine ants being buffeted, being pricked with that thorn when you least expect it. It's not like a thorn that's there and you rub it against it. It's what that you know that first time you grab that rose and you forget that that instantaneous and you jerk your hand back. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And then Paul writes, Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So he goes to God and said, uh, Lord, would you take this from me? Three times, and God told him. I don't know if he told him each time, but he told him the last time. But he told me, he said, my strength will be made perfect in your infirmities. And Paul said, that's good. Therefore I take pleasure, verse 10, therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. When I'm weak, God's strength moves in, and then that's when I can be strong. So he said, in infirmities, a gift. In reproaches, gift. In necessities, gift. In persecutions, gift. And in distresses, gift. For when I am weak, then am I strong. That's hard to do, isn't it? When we face things, difficulties, hardships, pains, trials, it's hard to say, thank you, Lord, for that gift. That's what Paul's saying here. That God give him these things that Paul may be stronger. We say, I can't do this because fill in a blank. Paul said, I can do this better and fill in the blank the same way you did. Same way I would. Acts 9 and 16 says, For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Paul, uh, God is telling Ananias this when Paul was blinded on the road to Damascus and God speaks to Ananias, if I'm saying that name right, and he tells him, you go see this Paul, this Saul. His name hadn't been changed yet. Saul, and he's waiting for you to come there. And I bet I went in and I said, I bet he is waiting for me to come there. He's the one killing all the Christians. And Paul said, no, this is my chosen vessel now. He says, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Now, Paul had a lot of visions. But here God says he would show him the great things he must suffer for my name's sake. How many of us... If we saw everything that we're going to go through before we do it, would we do it? If we saw it all now, would we just quit? Or would we carry on like Paul did? <clears throat> we all go through certain trials that there's no explanation for. Often as we face these trials, our initial response is to pray for God to take them away. But we need to learn to pray to God to demonstrate his power in these trials. Our greatest need is God's greatest opportunity. 
The more you need God, the more opportunities for God to be honored. As our, we're going to get the title up there for you. As a <coughs> at the conclusion of this lesson, students should understand the importance of the thorns or trials God gives us. Understand the need to rely on God's strength. And that's the way you get through them is to rely on God's strength and trust in Him. Just like you trusted Him to save you, to trust Him to see you through, to trust His grace to get you through the trial. Understand the limited power in our own strength. As long as we try to take care of ourselves, God will let us try to take care of it ourselves. But when we turn it over to Him, that's when He can take care of it. Now, on the outline, and I really like this outline, <coughs> one, the agonizing thorn, what came, when it came, why it came, the astonishing truth, through weakness we are strengthened, through weakness we are perfected, and three, the almighty triumph, we must recognize our own weaknesses, we must rely on his strength. And when we learn to do that, that's how we get through the tough trials. Do you ever feel weak going through situations that God allows in your life? Do you ever feel insufficient to fulfill uh, the responsibility you have? Do you feel inadequate maybe to be a mom or a dad or a godly husband or a godly, godly wife or an encouraging friend? Well, God wants to help us with all that. He wants to give us the grace to see us through all that. There's nothing he can't do. When our strength is completely gone, God's strength can get started. Now, wife, uh, as a way of example, wife uh, may ask her husband to open a jar for her because she's unable to. But now they're both in the kitchen and she's cooking and getting stuff ready and all and he's standing there. She may just pick up a jar that she knows she's not going to be able to open and not say a word and just hand it to him. He'll open it and hand it back to her and she'll say thank you and he'll say you're welcome. Now if it don't happen that way in your house, you need to be at the next marriage retreat. Maybe to help you. You say, what do you want me to do with that jar? Well, I think you, maybe you all know what to do with the jar. But that's the way it is when we learn to rely on God. We just turn to him and in our hearts say, Lord, I need your help. Knowing all the time. And God's just in our weakness, just like the husband would be there watching her trying to open that jar, you know. He's just waiting. If his heart's right. He's just waiting for her to hand it to him so he can open it. And hopefully he can get it open and won't be embarrassed and hand it back to her and she gets it open and then he's mad and won't eat and all that stuff. <coughs> Whenever you go through a challenge, a thorn in flesh, as Paul called it, praying for God to take the thorn away, God wants to show his strength to you. He showed it to Paul, and he wants to show it to you. Now, in the lesson, noticing three things. The agonizing thorn. The agonizing thorn. 2 Corinthians 12, 7 and 8. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a 
thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. And A, what came? The Greek word for thorn in this verse is scallops. No, it's not what you eat at the restaurant. All right. This is different from the crown of thorns placed on Jesus' head. The word for that thorn there meant a literal thorn on Jesus' head. Matthew 27, 29, And when they had plaited a crown of thorns, they put it upon his head, and a reed in his right hand, and they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. So you've probably seen pictures of the type of thorn that was. It was placed there on, on his head. Uh, but the, the word for thorns in uh, the verse Paul is speaking here generally means figuratively or a spike. Uh, it refers to a disability. This is the only time that this word is used in the Bible. We don't know what his thorn in the flesh was. He doesn't come out and say it, uh, but we do know that it was painful. Other passages indicate that the thorn in the flesh was some type of a physical defect. On three occasions, Paul asked the Lord to take the thorn away, but God chose not to. A thorn in the flesh is something so excruciating and handicapping that it weakens you. So it, it's not just talking about having a bad day. It's not just, you know, talking about a little bit of splinter. It's talking about true pain, real pain, real problem, serious situation and with Paul it was always there never got rid of it in the same way a figurative spot which is like a spike would hurt you if, if it was in your body anywhere a figurative spike could come in the form of physical sickness a life failure a family situation a strained relationship the inability to have children a miscarriage or a variety of other things it's so bad that when even when you think about it, even if it's over, it hurts every time you think about it. So we're trying to understand just what Paul went through and kept on going for the Lord. And then not only what came, but when it came. Take a look at the verses preceding our text to see what came before Paul's thorn in the flesh. 2 Corinthians 12, 1-7. It is not expedient for me, doubtless, to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. And then Paul says, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth. Such an one caught up to the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, God knoweth how that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which it is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such an one will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory, but in mine infirmities. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool, for I will say the truth. For now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations. 
there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Now, if you read on of Paul's writings, you'll see that, of course, the man that he's talking about is himself. This, this is something that only Paul and John had the opportunity. John wrote the book of Revelation. Both of them were called up into heaven. But what, one thing that strikes me, this him being called in heaven was so vivid and so real. Paul says, I don't know if I was actually there or God just gave me a vision of it. But it was absolutely real. Now, he could have been filled with pride because of that. Remember, we're talking about when the thorn of flesh came. So Paul gets called into heaven, and then he gets a thorn in the flesh. That's when we're going to get the thorn in the flesh. Right after God has done something miraculous in our lives, right after he has taken care of something we thought was never going to go away, we have to watch, we have to be aware that something like this might happen. And then why it came. There are multiple reasons why the Lord will allow a thorn in the flesh. One, the hunger of self. Paul's thorn came to create hunger with him for God. Sometimes we get to thinking so much about ourselves, we forget to hunger for the things of God. As we grow in our Christian life, we get too busy doing things instead of being with God and getting to know God. It talks about Mary and Martha in Luke chapter 10, verses 41 and 42. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Of course, if, if you're familiar with the story, uh, there's been a dinner being prepared, and Martha's in the kitchen. She's working and working and working. Mary's nowhere to be found. She's at the feet of Jesus, worshiping him. And Martha come, this and that, that and this. And Jesus said, Martha, Martha, Mary desires the good thing, and I, I'm not going to take it away from her. And sometimes we get too busy doing and not spend enough time getting to know God. Sometimes it takes a thorn in the flesh to slow us down to talk to God. And then the hatred of Satan. When you think about Job, how that Job desired uh, to, to uh, try to get Job to curse God. And the Lord's uh, Job 2 and 6, And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, he is in thine hand, but save his life. Now that sounds, that sounds cruel. But God knew the faith of Job and the strength of Job. And when it was all done, Job knew the strength of Job. He experienced every hardship that you could imagine. Now you, you might be here and you say, Well, I've had it worse than Job. I don't, I don't think you have. You might have had it bad, but Job really had it bad. Job 23 and 10, But he knoweth the way that I take, 
when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Job knew when the trial was over, he would be closer to God and stronger in God. And then to the honoring of the Savior. Sometimes we go through a uh, thorn in the flesh to bring honor to God. 2 Corinthians 12 and 10, Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When we go through a trial, when we go through that thorn in the flesh, we need to give God the honor for strengthening us. Whatever your need is, you can go to God and he'll help you with that need. Hebrews 4 and 16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in the help in the time of need. Grace in the time of need. God always knows when we need that grace. We may wonder sometimes when it's coming, but we need to learn to understand that it's coming. And when we know it's coming, we actually already have it, don't we? When we have the faith to understand that God is going to see us through it, that we just wait until he shows himself. And God will show himself stronger than we could imagine. We always, you know, even if we turn it over to God, we're probably still thinking back in mind, well, I think if God did this, this would work the problem out. If God did that, that would work the problem out. Sometimes it's we want God to move that person to another state. <laughs> that might not be what God wants. Maybe God wants to save that person. So we just won't need to look for God's grace. We're going to go ahead and quit right here with the lesson today. We'll pick up. And maybe I won't shock you and actually finish this one next week. All right? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this day that you've given us. Thank you for all your many blessings. Lord, help us, Lord, to look for your grace, Lord, and know it's coming. Lord, and trust in your grace to see us through the times when we can see no way through. And, Lord, we pray for anybody that may be having a thorn in their flesh right now, Lord. And, Lord, if they're your child and they're in your will, you're allowing it, Lord. And, Lord, I pray, Lord, that they'll just trust in you to see them through. And, Lord, give you the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.